He won Journalist of the Year from the American Conservative Union at CPAC 2015. You like me right now. You like me. He's Jim Garrity. How do you like me now? Now that I'm on my She's a broadcast professional who's got pop culture by the throat, and she won't let go. Crank up the radio. Run for your lives, everyone. This is not a drill. She's broadcast pro Mickey White. How do you like me now? This is the Jim and Mickey Show. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. WKRP. Welcome to the Jim and Mickey Show, brought to you by WKRP, Cincinnati-based radio station, which is happy to announce the continuation of its annual Thanksgiving turkey giveaway. Yes, every year since 1978, they've done their giveaway at the Pinedale Shopping Mall, where their traffic chopper will distribute the frozen turkeys to the crowd below. Please wear appropriate headgear and be sure to park your cars a safe distance from the drop zone. As God is our witness, one of these years, we will prove that turkeys can fly. <laughs> I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White, and welcome to the special Thanksgiving edition of the Jim and Mickey Show. Hi, everyone, and welcome, and uh, great to be here with you guys this morning. I am so looking forward to this week um, for a number of reasons, but it, it seems to me that I might be alone in... <laughs> In, like, the world as to someone who is actually kind of looking forward to seeing my family this year. <clears throat> you, you are correct. That something that once started as this niche, um, desperate for content. <laughs> I'm going to write about this on a column. The early part of the short week of Thanksgiving. The how to deal with your crazy relatives at Thanksgiving piece uh, really has gone mainstream. And it used to be something you saw over at Vox or Salon or something. And now, it's, now you're seeing in mainstream newspapers. And all of a sudden, this day, which used to be about being thankful, is now treated as either A, this like major burden you have to go through. The, oh, my goodness. You have to spend time with people you're related to. Or two, this is your opportunity to indoctrinate them. And you must use this chance to pound them into submission for having views that are different from you. And, um, well, and, and it's interesting you would mention this specifically, the indoctrination part of it, because um, I actually, for the first time in I don't know how long, my, my, my years, I actually watched um, Saturday Night Live, and I watched it live and live tweeted it. It was garbage from start to finish, don't get me wrong, um, which was a real shame because they had Matthew McConaughey and Adele who did a fantastic job singing, um, which in that, in that particular soundstage is impressive. Um, however, they did a skit specifically about talking to your relatives, and it was very interesting because they kept bringing up topics like Syrian refugees um, and ISIS and... And other different things, if you will. Um, and apparently, if you turn on the song Hello by Adele, it will cause annoying liberals to shut up at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I have now downloaded this to my phone, just in case. But I will tell you this. She should just get a Grammy. She should get the Nobel Peace Prize. Is what right. If, if she can make that happen, like that would be a miracle. Um, but no, I mean, obviously it was tilted to try to make those on the right look like, you know, the crazy uncle, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But when I watched it, I just happened to notice that it also made the liberals shut up. So I, I was fine with that. 
Um, I, I, I don't like the idea of using family holidays to try to do political conversions. Um, I, it never goes well. I, I'm very fortunate in that I really have primarily non-political family. Um, those that do their ideas kind of like, you know, the country sucks, don't take my guns, um, kind of people. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to hear a lot of nonsense that some people I know are going to be subjected to. And one of the reasons is because part of my family won't be there. The part of the family that happens to be, um, kind of, uh, there's really no other way to describe it, but a Ron Paul libertarian. (laughs) And to suggest that that used to cause some friction at times. With everyone, because you know how they can be. Yeah, it's not like, don't take my guns. It's like, don't take my weed. Well, it's not even that. I, I mean, they're, well, I mean, thank don't God. Don't take my a, guns. Don't take my weed. Don't take the last piece of turkey either. Stop that. <laughs> and, and I'm a vegan, but I'm going to eat turkey today. And I don't let my kids outside because of chemtrails. And all I can say is there were years where I was really glad that foil was abundant on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Um, you know, I, Megan McCardle had a very good a kind of satiric series of tweets of, you know, uh, don't argue like an amateur at Thanksgiving. And the, the first tip was, remember, no facts or more va- moral values support the other side. If anyone suggests they do, just reply with a freezing stare and ask, why do you hate America? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she also emphasizes there's never a wrong moment to start arguing for your pet cause. For example, well, Aunt Carol's getting divorced. Well, you know what's really awful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Syrian refugees. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing. Like, honest to God, there is enough drama when <laughs> an entire family gets together that I just don't see the need to add more. That's a very good point. What, 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 weren't we a country that used to have enough personal drama that we didn't feel the need to bring in national drama? <laughs> Well, and the whole, you know, it used to be a thing, um, Mr. Bias and I were actually discussing this the other night, and the fact that, you know, growing up in our generation, it very much was, you don't talk about politics and religion and, you know, mixed company. And now during the age of politicize all the things. Well, again, like part of it used to be like, look, these are people you you grew up with. Presumably you've spent lots of previous Thanksgivings and and Christmases Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, other holidays together. Like, why would you hate them because they disagree with you? Like, like if you do, there's really something. I think something wrong with you. Um, well, I remember. I remember one year, um, and again, aforementioned chemtrail cousin um, <laughs> brought a boyfriend. Chemtrail home. cousin basically summarizes everything right there. Exactly. Yeah. Chemtrail cousin brings home a boyfriend, and it's alliterative. Sitting there with. Um, sitting there at the table with, you know, Mr. Bias, who, of course, is, you know, ex-military, ex-Navy, et cetera, and proceeds to start ragging on the troops. Um, Mr. Bias literally followed him outside after dinner to have a little conversation <laughs> with him. And I followed Mr. Bias because I knew what was coming. So I saved the whole family. It was great. Somebody take the last piece of turkey while you all were outside? Yeah, I have no idea. I was like, <laughs> the minute I saw him moving, I was like, I am right behind you. <laughs> yeah, because again, there's enough drama and I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's, 
we don't really get that much family time anymore. So it's interesting that the, when we do get it, we're all like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, like all of a sudden this has become this burden. And, and maybe some of this is, uh, you know, the concept that Thanksgiving is the redheaded stepchild of fall holidays. Uh, earlier this year, you and I discussed the joys of Halloween, you know, and everything goes on with that. Christmas is a month away. And maybe that's the thing is, like, if you really can't stand these people, you know you're going to see them in about 30 days again. <laughs> There's no song for Thanksgiving. I mean, you got the Monster Mash and all I those scary the, uh, pop songs. You don't have a song for Thanksgiving. Then you already got the Christmas music playing in the mall. What's, I do. What's the Thanksgiving song? Well, there were several that are inappropriate for me to sing now that I learned <laughs> growing up. <laughs> Because there was the whole, like, we are the red men, feathers in our head men, oh, like the dead men. I see. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then there was also Over the River and Through the Woods. That was the Thanksgiving song. Yeah, but it was kind of a horror story. Oh, yeah. Wait, Over the River and Through the Woods is a horror story? To Grandmother's House We Go. Isn't that like the, the wolf and the... <laughs> what are those two little kids, Hansel and Gretel, man, right? Dave had a rough childhood. Man, oh man. We Dave, the, Dave, the, Dave. Where the wolf will eat us. I, I, I really never thought of um, Over the River and Through the Woods as a horror. Well, you should. I, I, now I will, of course, because now that you're now that I'm like thinking about the lyrics, it's kind of scary. My theory, though, is that 100 years ago, everyone stayed in the same town their whole lives because we didn't have trains and planes and... The economy wasn't so booming that some city in a different state had your name written all over it. Everyone got along with their relatives because they saw them more or less every day, even if it's just, uh, hey, uh, Uncle well, Bob, how are you doing? they much more involved in each other's lives exactly. on a daily basis. And, it's you know, not jarring to be exposed to different viewpoints. Right. Yes. Especially yeah. when you're worried and wondering and nervous sitting down whether someone else is going to do that awkward thing like erping up some horrible worldview that you then feel <laughs> obligated right. to dispute yes and, and like i said i'm very fortunate in that my family is very apolitical um they they tend to vote you know conservatively but they're very apolitical in the way that they handle things so that's not an issue for me but there are other family dramas that inevitably come up um at every i mean any so mickey you might, bring up, you might bring up syrian refugees to like to break the tension yeah, exactly. Like, I'd be like, hey, about that Obama guy. What do you think? Yeah, isn't it? You because, know, like, the way, you know, Trump the drama that happens awesome. in our family is not about politics. It's much more that earlier discussion of, well, you know who's um, getting a divorce. Well, you know what I heard. And, you know, and of course, then there's the judgment passed down from generation to generation of, you know, you've got one um, grandmother. You know, talking about another grandmother who, you know, it, once you've got five generations of women in a room, <laughs> nothing good can happen. I, you know, th th here's the thing. Isn't the idea that, that the great grandmother and the grandmother get together with, with the, the younger generations and they pass down the tradition of malicious gossip and backstabbing and... Uh, it, it, definitely. Otherwise, these traditions die out, Mickey. You know, and where, where would we be then? Where would we be without those traditions? Well, and again, I think it is becoming, you know, that's definitely part of it. It's part of being part of a family is that you take on the drama with you, right? Here is my far-reaching, um, all-encompassing theory of this entire matter, Mickey. Okay. So we live in an 
I can watch just about any movie I want or any TV show I want on, you know, by going down to the DVR, just popping it in there. Uh, if for some reason it's not on there, I can order it from Amazon, and Amazon will have it to me in a day or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, music, you can get it from iTunes. You know, music from iTunes, Amazon will ship just about any book. You know, you, you know, Burger King, you have it your way, right? And then they all come people, and you can't program people. <laughs> And you can't, you know, change them. And you can't say, yeah, I'd like everybody on my, I like the political dial and all my relatives turn to the right. I don't want any of them turn to the left. You know, right. all of a sudden we're so used to having things exactly as we want that when we encounter people who are not the way we want them to be, I can't ha-, you know, you can't settle. Uh, then you end up being like, you know, the, the image of pajama boy, you know, being demoted to the kitty table. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because and well, I want to, and- to deal with them. Again, this comes down to the fact that, you know, we we live in what is, as you know, what I consider to be an over-politicized society. Um, and I also think that we live in a society that romanticizes other generations, something that you know I've, I'm writing about in my book. And the thing is, you always have to know that there was probably the still some kind of drama taking place, you know, 50 years ago at the dinner table. Mm. But... It wasn't then shared with all, you know, 20,000 of your followers. Fluoride in the water. Doesn't this seem like it's the sort of thing the communists would do, you know? Yeah, something along those lines. I mean, I'm sure that they were arguing about everything from, you know, who who was going to be the next president to um, who was going to be the next rock star and whether or not they could play Elvis music. In their home. So coming up in the next segment, we're going to get off thanksing for just one second because uh, the AMAs, the American Music Awards, were on the other night, and I happened to catch them live, and uh, we're going to talk about my experience in watching them and hopefully hear back from you if you had a chance to catch them as well. I'm Mickey White. He's Jim Garrity. You're listening to The Jim and Mickey Show, and we'll be right back. This is Max Hedrum. And what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to a trailer to one of the greatest epics ever produced in the history of television. We now return to our regularly scheduled program. Now, 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 back to the Jim and Mickey Show. And welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Mickey White, along with my co-host, Jim Garrity. And we were just getting into the American Music Awards every single time that there is an award show on TV, there's always immediately some type of drama the day after. Um, whether it be about the dresses, which I'll be honest, I this was the first year in I don't know how many years I watched the AMAs live, and I actually live-tweeted the entire train wreck um, from start <laughs> to finish. And um, and I did, that, I did that with SNL as well, which was... Honestly, you people should be thanking me for all the research that I do on your behalf. But anyway, having said that, um, the red carpet was really interesting because apparently, you know, jeans and t-shirts are totally acceptable at black tie events. Now you've got people, you know, you got women dressed in Versace couture and you've got dudes dressed in dirty laundry from like 10 years ago. Um, and it, was, it was very interesting um, to watch that kind of play out. But there were a lot of just like everything else, you know, there were a lot of moments that kind of caught the attention in the eye. I was, of course, very excited because Jennifer Lopez was hosting and you know how I feel about her. Uh, to quote one of the winning songs this year, I have a girl crush. And I think everybody knows that on J-Lo and um, 
And she opened with this like incredible dance number in this cat suit that was basically her naked with like tattooy like looking things on it. And I'm telling you, the woman is 47 years old and she is just kicking it. And so I was a little nervous for her because, you know, award ceremonies can be difficult to carry. One of the nice things about this particular ceremony, they chose to sing more and there was very little talking. It was mostly like, here's who's nominated and then they're going to sing. And then like not a lot of chitty chatty. You know, you and I are discussing past awards shows, whether it's the Oscars, Emmys, Grammys, MTV Awards, I think are the champion of something shocking happening, whether it's, you know, uh, Howard Stern coming out suspended in this ridiculous costume or something like that, that they do something deliberately provocative and shocking, Miley Cyrus, things like that. And, and you know, Madonna kissing. There you go. And, and we, we roll our eyes at this and say, ah, this is so ridiculous. This is such a cheap attempt to get headlines the next day, to turn this into an event and, you know, uh, something dramatic that everybody has to have an opinion on. Why can't you just stick to the music? Why can't you just stick to what the alleged objective of the awards show is? And now I guess maybe like I didn't watch them, um, didn't really hear much about them. Uh, the argument, because when we don't, nobody pays attention. Like only people who are already interested in the AMAs pay attention to the AMA awards. Whereas if something shocking and scandalous occurs, then it's on the news the next day and today's show is talking about a Good Morning America and stuff like that. Yes. Um, and, and the thing about it was there were a couple good moments, both you know, good and bad, I should say. And I thought they were worth kind of bringing to the audience because um, I'm curious to hear both your response to them and what our listeners think as well. And one of the... I mean, they did a they did a tribute to Paris that was lovely. Celine Dion sang in French. Turns out I like her better in French. Who knew? <laughs> um, I found that to be an interesting fact. She's much less annoying when she's singing in French. There, write that down. Um, so that was very cool. They but they did this thing with Star Wars that got very mixed reviews online because they started out with an acapella group. Um, I believe they're called the Platonics. And something like that. Anyway, they they start out a cappella, so you know me, all pitch perfect. I'm totally into this. And they're doing the Imperial Death March, and Harrison Ford has introduced it. And they are proceeding to honor the composer of all of these great movies and films. And they end John up Williams. doing John. There you go, John Williams. And they end up bringing in this full orchestra to do it, and mm-hmm. then run a special new scene from the movie. What? Okay. Tell me that. And so here's the thing. I got a very split response, though, because some people were like, oh, I want to see that. You know, I immediately wanted to get a copy of it because they had missed it or what have you. And then there was this blowback of I don't want to hear another thing about Star Wars until after I have seen it. And one woman even wrote to me, um, I believe it was on Twitter. And said that she was over the cross-marketing of Star Wars. Mm. And they apparently have, I don't know, I I believe she said it was Maybelline, has a line of Star Wars makeup out right now. Um, I Actually, I think that second response, speaking as a pretty diehard Star Wars fan, I actually find that completely reasonable. I mean, one, one point might be, what does Star Wars have to do with the American music? The AMAs are American Music Awards, right? Yes. Yeah. 
You know, it's but it wasn't. But again, they honor soundtracks, etc. Okay, John Williams is a fantastic composer. Made some of our most iconic themes: the Jaws theme, the Indiana Jones theme, Schindler's List, pretty much everything with Spielberg. Um, but you know, do, would you want to make a whole big segment of an award show dedicated to this guy? Because uh, it's very obviously designed to tie in with the forthcoming movie. And in light of that, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel did something last night. Uh, that had a whole bunch of Star Wars people. Now, obviously, they're both owned by Disney. Uh, with AMAs on ABC, by any chance, Mickey? Um, I don't know. I believe so. All right, I mean, yeah, actually, is- yes, they were. So this is the Disney Corporation, right? Yes, uh, which constantly promotes, promoting themselves. There you go. Basically, you know, using this these platforms to cross promote. And I, I think you're right. The, the commercial tie-ins, etc., really have gotten a little. Now, here's the thing: we're complaining about this today. There was a C-3PO's breakfast cereal back in the early 1980s. Over-commercialization in Star Wars is its a proud tradition. I well, think. yeah, I was going to say, uh, says the kid who probably had a Star Wars lunchbox. I mean, um, back in the day. So, lunchbox yeah, I mean, over-commercialization has gone along with this franchise. But <laughs> so there was there was some controversy over that. Some people really liked it. Some people, again, feeling the, the tension and the pressure clearly of needing the release, if you will. Of watching Star Wars. And so I thought that was really interesting. There was a moment where Megan Trainer and, and Charlie Perth kissed at the end of Marvin Gaye. Um, because, and of course that caused a great, because it wasn't a kiss. It was a makeout session. Like, I, like it took me by surprise. I was like, Oh, 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 shocking. Oh. And no, it was, it was, um, actually very shocking. Like as weird as it is, cause we've seen so many like chicks, chicks kiss on these shows. To actually see like a dude just grab a hold of a chick and make out with her, I mean, oh, okay, it was a heterosexual kiss. Right, yeah, that's not a surprise. That's okay. so yes. passive, and it was so unexpected because they are friends and they've been touring together and whatever, and nobody saw it coming. And the song is a great song, by the way. Our listeners may remember I talked about this song in the spring um, when I first started listening to Megan Trainer, and I was like, "You guys are gonna love this song," and it just apparently took a little longer to catch on. But at the very end, they make out. What's and the name of the song? It's called Marvin Gaye. Okay. And the thing about it was that was so great is it really did take me by surprise. And everybody else. Like, shock. And it's not a peck. Let's just put it that way. Like, it's, it's definitely not a peck. They put some passionate kisses behind it. So immediately rumor mills, like, what's going on between them? And their answer was nothing. We're really good friends, but apparently when he wrote the song, his his goal was, like, at the end, that everyone would just start making out. <laughs> and because they would just be so motivated. There you go. Yeah. Well, and so they tied that in, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, it's but, like the no, song was, version of the Kiss Cam? Yes. Like it, it, yeah, exactly. It was crazy, <laughs> but it was very cool. Megan Trainer, I love Megan Trainer. She really can do no wrong when it comes to what she's putting out right now. Um, I did figure out that if they're not there in the audience, they're probably not the winner. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there were certain giveaways that you started to see uh, as I'm watching it and going through it. As some of the people come up and I'm watching them, like I don't know who this is, and I'm, you know, I listen to all kinds of music, current past you name it i i keep current with almost everything just out of habit and i did not know some of these people 
and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, why, why won't they put their names up underneath them? Like, is everyone supposed to guess who they are? Because I didn't know who half of them were. So it, that, was, that was one of my major complaints, specifically with the red carpet. Um, and then inevitably at one of these award shows, someone comes out and says something stupid. In this particular case, it was Jared Leto. And he came out and said some words that I, 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 none of it was word salad as far as like what it actually meant. And my first recognition was one, his color of hair is the same as mine. <laughs> we, okay. he, as far as he currently apparently has bright pink hair also. Oh, it's a change from the bright green he had. Yes. <laughs> well, now he has a bright pink. And I was like, and my first initial thought is, wow, Jared Leto has the same color hair as I do. And then he proceeded to say a whole bunch of words that ended with like, and peace is good for everybody and stuff. <laughs> and it was just one of those moments where you're like, get off my stage. I hate you. All right. I hate so- you. Um, but then you had Adele performing, you had Carrie Underwood performing and just an absolutely breathtaking performance by Gwen Stefani. Uh, I'm going to observe maybe a lesson from this. Okay. Don't play the Joker. Maybe. I mean, Jared, because Jared Leto's playing that in the forthcoming Suicide Squad movie, and apparently he acted like a nut job, whether the cameras were on or off the entire time. Oh, um, same method actor? Method actor. And here, and obviously, we all know the you know, really tragic events around Heath Ledger um, that this is now the new thing that you become an actor, you get pa- cast as a maniac, and then somehow in the process of playing the maniac, you become a maniac, apparently. I like, think it's a-, a simple misunderstanding. They thought it said meth head actor. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Very nice, Dave. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a little off. He's like the Johnny Depp of his generation. Um, but I think, yeah, he just took a – it was weird because of the way the crowd reacted as well. Uh, I, I mean, maybe this is going to be part of the fun is watching – he's, he's going to become the new Joaquin Phoenix. Well, yeah, because it was one of those moments where, like, he started off strong-ish and then it just went downhill real quick. Um. And, and again, you don't like to see that. Uh, what I always like to see, though, is the people that get up there and thank God and their family and actually remember the people who put them there. And there was a lot of that. So that was kind of cool. I want to thank everyone and my agent. So, yes. Right. Exactly. Although Anna Kendrick probably had the best acceptance speech and hers was like absolutely hysterical. So um, if I can find that on YouTube, I'll throw that up there because it was certainly worth watching. It was not what you normally see. Well, I was going to say, we have to be thankful for all of our listeners, and we will be right back after this. From Paytel Records, 22 explosive hits, 22 original stars, gallery. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. The great Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, the candy man can. Smith Barney. They make money the old-fashioned way. They earn it. 
Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White. Mickey, I think we're about to go in uncharted territory here. In the 50-some episodes we've been doing this show, have we ever discussed or dissected or analyzed a show that is not on cable, pay cable, or like a, 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 an Amazon-only or Netflix-only show? We've done a lot of shows, and we've talked about a lot of shows, and I'm not sure, but I don't think so. All right, so man, the Man in the High Castle, the Amazon-based uh, series is is I, I I went and watched the first three episodes. This got me. I have Amazon Prime. I said, okay, I will watch it on my iPad. I watched three episodes. Mickey, you're not watching. What have you heard about this show so far? Well, honestly, it's interesting because I have heard the name of the show yeah. more in the last four days. Um, and I don't know when it was released on Amazon, but people are in love and addicted. Yeah. Um, they want to binge and binge and binge on the show. And I have yet to start watching cause I don't have that kind of time yet. Yeah. It, uh, is the first program I've watched is downloadable by, you know, you can, you could, you could theoretically binge watch. I watched three episodes in one sitting. Um, so, so for those who aren't familiar with the concept, Man in the High Castle is from a Philip K. Dick story written in 1962, <laughs> and it depicts a world in which the United States and its allies lost World War II. So the, the setting is 1962. The, almost the entire, the entire eastern half of the United States uh, is controlled by Nazi Germany, is considered part of the Greater German Reich. The west coast of the United States has been taken over by Imperial Japan. In the middle, there's kind of a thin strand of the Rocky Mountains that is basically a no-man's land in which there is no law, there is no effective government, um, and it's kind of the, the you know, actions of these characters in this exceptionally dark, uh, depressing, uh, but fascinating vision of the world and how history could have gone this way. Um, now, I'm going to try to avoid spoilers. Uh, like I said, I'm only three episodes in, but I'm going to give you one line of dialogue that will give you, Mickey, the idea of just how dark this gets. Are you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, a, there's an assassination attempt on a Nazi official. Um, one of the ass- attempted assassins is captured, and the guy says, what about the man I apprehended? I'm going to give you the one line of dialogue that sent a chill down my, my spine, Mickey. Mm-hmm. A Semite, sir, known as Doc, born Jason Meyer, parents exterminated Cincinnati camp May 17th, 1951. Hmm. Meaning this is not just about a movie in which the Nazis won World War II and take over the, United, the eastern half of the United States. This is a, a show about the Nazis continuing the Holocaust on American soil for decades. Captain America? Uh, you know, this, this is basically like – in the, so far in the first three episodes, there are five characters who would be considered Jewish under Nazi law. Hail Hydra. this is a dark dark show and i completely understand for a lot of people look at that say oh i can't watch it can't deal with it can't you know um now you're probably saying but jim why are you watching it then you want to talk about a a the production team sitting down and really thinking through uh how this society would develop that's what i've heard like i said i've heard it's spectacular and addictive and and dark um i think though but Sometimes good drama has to be dark. and I, But to be honest, I don't know if this show is going to be one of those ones that I watch it and, and immediately I'm like, I'm turned off. Because I, as you well know, I'm not good with like post-apocalyptic anything. Mm. 
Even um, you like horror I, movies. That's interesting. That, that's I interesting love story. horror movies. Hate zombies. Do not like anything post-apocalyptic. Mm. So I have trouble with these things. Um, and and the only thing I can say is immediately when, when I found out what the premise of this was, is I don't even know if you know this, but I believe it was Spike Lee who did a movie um, about what it would be like if the South had won the war. Oh, no, CSA. Yes, I, I've seen that movie. It wasn't Spike Lee. It was a, another African-American director. Yeah, I can't remember um, who did it. But it does, they, that one had its own like peculiar uh, yes. uh, twists of history. But it was set more to a lighter tone, if you will. Yeah, more. Um, it was a dark satire, yeah. if you will. Uh, um, at one point in that one, the Confederate States of, uh, States of America urge Hitler not to exterminate the Jews because they could make good slaves. Yes, things like, like that. Like, real, you know, like, on the one hand, you're like, ha, ha. On the other hand, man, that's dark. You know? yeah. Well, you know, and and again, there are certain things that are just too dark for certain people. And for me, like I said, I I love horror movies. I I loved True Blood. I thought it was fantastic. For some people, it was too much. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, there's a lot of blood and gore. You know, a lot of this, a lot of that. Me, I don't care. I love it. Um, American Horror Story. I love that. And there's a lot of gratuitous violence in a lot of the things that I watch. <laughs> And I don't really care um, as long as, and this is the key part, it's entertaining. And like I said, I haven't given this one a shot yet, but I'm going to. But, you know, I think to movies or, or series specifically of like, say, Band of Brothers, there are some very dark moments in that series. Yet overall, it is one of the most compelling stories told that I've ever actually seen on film. And there are no zombies in it, and there's no post-apocalypse period. Correct. So. <laughs> yeah, people are probably more forgiving of a story that is depicting history, um, even if it's a historical drama, than something that is, you know, in this case, made up. Although I think it's a... Do you least, think it's too dark? Um, I'll give you another line of dialogue, right? So one of the characters gets stopped by a cop, and he notices what looks like snowflakes. And he says, it's the wrong time. It's not winter. Why is this? He says, oh, that's the hospital. And the guy says, the hospital? And the police officer says, yeah, Tuesdays they burn cripples, the terminally ill, drag on the state. Oh. And, and like, like, like part of the, the – So it's like basically the, kind of watching a combination of like – Again, obviously with the Nazis versus the Japanese, et cetera, but kind of a combination of 1984 meets Brave New World meets. Yeah. yeah this is all taking place in 1962, right? This mm. is not, you know, this is, this is, an, it's an alternate future right. <laughs> of our, uh, it's a dystopian future of our distant past. Um, and it's kind of a uh, nagging fear or sense that like this is, you know, again, very much the, the, this is a, a show that is not afraid to make these little references to the Holocaust basically continuing. Um, and that's, you know, for some people that's going to be a total, I can't watch this. And, mm-hmm. I, and I can understand that and respect that. On the other hand, I think if you want to uh, communicate the horrors of history <laughs> in a way that will make people sit up and take notice, Mm-hmm. Um, I you, I think you got to you. Know, this is this is really doing that. Now here's the thing: as many other critics have noted, nobody's gushing about the acting in this. Um, I don't think it's bad. I, I just think it's there's nothing special about it. People are really more amazed by um, the, the production, the, the, the concept, the production design. A little de- like for example, Reichmarks. Like you know the, the fact that Hitler's um, 
uh, faces no on all the money. Yeah. Right. You know, um, the architecture, the fact – they haven't said – so the Statue of Liberty now has, has been rebuilt to do the see, uh, I, I ha- See, this has a total Planet of the Apes feel to me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like that movie either. All right. Um, and the so, other like, – Again, you're seen... doing a horrible job of selling this. Uh, no, like... again, this is definitely – this is like strong liquor. This is not for everybody, you know. I mean, um, I, 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 again, I feel like, you know, I can watch a, a lot of things. But, again, it's personal taste. And it does seem to me like something I'd be interested in. So I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, to be honest, I'm going to watch it. And uh, maybe I can give you an update after I've had an opportunity to see it as to, you know, just how dark and horrifying it is. Um, I, on the other hand, um, finally watched Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my own little kind of horror-esque experience. I could hear vertebrae of necks snapping and grinding as everyone turned both ears toward their speakers at that exact moment. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going from, from you know, leather coats and, and jackbooted thugs to completely <laughs> different leather coats and jackbooted thugs. Um, so, Mickey, you know, we, we had our discussion. People can find it in the archives. What, what did you think of Fifty Shades of Grey, the film? Well, obviously, as you know, I did not read the books. I had not seen the film. Um, it came out on HBO this weekend, so I finally watched it. And, um, hmm. Okay. First of all, I, I understand completely now why it was such a big hit with um, certain women, we'll say. Uh, women who may not be getting sexually satisfied in one way or another, or maybe women who are just into, you know, things that turn them on. This was definitely porn for chicks. Now, having said that, it was, it got an R rating, and I understand, you know, there was some discussion about it needing, you know, an NC-17 or what have you. Um, Having said that, the sick, the sex scenes themselves were kind of um, disappointing <laughs> at times, and and it was it was really weird to me that like she acted like she'd never seen a flogger before. Like, really, you've never been to a bachelorette party? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I've never seen a flogger before. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, never mind, Dave. <laughs> Forget what I said. Right. Never mind. So but there was, you know, like, like for a certain amount of like, and I also got really irritated because they did the one thing that we've discussed is so irritating is that they didn't give me a full movie. Yes. I have to go and see another. Well, I'm not going to go see it, obviously, but I have to wait now for a couple years for the other one to come out. I, I could, I think they're coming out every on year. HBO. These like, are not special effects extravaganzas that should take a long time to film. Uh, right. Particularly, but, when, but particularly I when it seems like you spend no time like, remembering your lines. Because what did you think of the chemistry of the two leads? Uh, okay. Look, I, I had trouble getting past a lot of things. But I think that my expectations were so incredibly low going in that I was like, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um it wasn't necessarily something that I would recommend for people to watch for any reason. Um, but at the same time, I totally got it. Like the minute I started watching it and seeing the whole thing, it was like watching one of those romance novels play out, obviously, on the movie. 
And, you know, here's this rich billionaire and he's going to bend you over his knee and spank you on the behind and <laughs> buy you a car. And then <laughs> he's going to, you know, bring out the flogger and then he's going to buy you. You get a nice car. And yeah. You get a car and you get a spank. And, you know, and, and there's and, and, and there's a part of, I think, probably every woman at some point in their lives that went through the idea of like, oh, my God, it would be so awesome if all I had to do was like that. And him, and he happens to be hot, and I don't really have to do much else, and I keep getting nice stuff. And, you know, the helicopter ride and the thing like that, you know, that works for me. I don't see what anybody has a problem with that. I mean, I I, I think that that would turn me on. I could be wrong. Um, But I feel like that would work whenever. And um, we're going to come back here in a second, and... We talked about all the things that people complain about over Thanksgiving, and now we're going to give some thought to some of the things that we should be thankful for. I'm Mickey White. He's Jim Garrity, and we're here with our producer, Big Dave Perkins. You're listening to The Jim and Mickey Show. We'll be right back. When it comes to the music of the 90s, anything goes. Right here, right now, Living in the 90s. Two and a half hours of the coolest songs on two CDs and two cassettes. Check it out. You'll be amazed at who you'll find on Living in the 90s. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I'm Mickey White, along with my co-host, Jim Garrity. And uh, Thanksgiving just around the corner. And by the time you're listening to it, it could be right upon us. And... There are a lot of different traditions that go along with Thanksgiving, from the type of food that you eat to the activities that you do on that day to whether or not you are a Black Friday shopper. Um, and, you know, it, it all kind of comes together. And, Jim, do you have any specific traditions that you are looking forward to this Thanksgiving? Uh, we will do our usual. Um, we will watch the Detroit Lions lose uh, in the early game. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we will get together at our regular uh, location in my in-law's house. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the usual, my, my mother-in-law cooks up a storm and we'll all bring something. So it, it'll be very nice. But um, one that's kind of been sticking in my head because um, – so I heard about this from my grandmother and I went and looked it up. She was born in 1907, died in 1999. Mm-hmm. So her and she describes something she did as a child. She grew up in New York City, and said that they used to dress up in costumes, and they lived in an apartment building, and would go around from apartment to apartment, and people would give them fruit. She said this to me once when I was, you know, uh, in my much younger days. I'm like, no, you're thinking of Halloween. She said, right. no, 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 did this on Thanksgiving. So I, I'm kind of putting this out to all the TJM's listeners, and, and again, I don't know, you know, I'm guessing people who were uh, in their <laughs> In their younger days, the 19-teens are not terribly common anymore. But has anybody else heard about this, this idea of doing something like trick-or-treating on Thanksgiving Day? Mickey, have you ever heard anything? That is news to me. I have not heard that at all, no. So uh, I don't know whether this was just something she was doing and it was a really good name for panhandling or um, – Right. (laughs) 
like, like, like it, that was it just, just something sounded... that her parents sent her out to do. They're like, oh, you know what kids do on Thanksgiving? They go gather food from other families. Yeah. So again, it was interesting, and I because then I said like, well, did you do this for for Halloween too? And I'm trying to remember what her answer was, but so, but I definitely remember her describing this and. So essentially, at one point, there might have been this tradition of kids doing something akin to trick-or-treating uh, on Thanksgiving Day. And instead, uh, now we watch, you know, giant balloons. And, well, uh, you know, we have a plethora of listeners out there. Um, maybe one of the thousands that listen to us can actually give you an answer to that. A plethora? What is a plethora? A plethora. It's, <laughs> it's one of my favorite words, along with cornucopia, which you get to use this time of year as well. Um, which is, you know, again... Very nice thing for me. I, I don't get to use cornucopia very often, but uh, around Thanksgiving, you do have that opportunity. One of the things that, you know, it's always part of the, the looking forward to is the food. Mm-hmm. And as you know, for me, food, because of my weirdness, is I don't care on Thanksgiving. Like, I, I check that all at the door because food is really important to me. And it's extremely important that I get my grandmother's coleslaw. And if it's not there, like, I'm pissed. And in our family, uh, we call it stuffing, by the way. And I understand that there are other people who call it dressing. I I put this out to our listeners. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. It was about a 50-50 split. Really? Um, It was really interesting because apparently Southerners are supposed to call it dressing. And Northerners call it stuffing. Okay. And then so, there were other people who said that stuffing went inside the turkey and dressing was something that you made outside the turkey to go with it. Is it, is it the Mason-Dixon line? Is the stuffing dressing? I, I'm telling you, I, I heard more about stuffing and fantastic recipes and ideas from oyster stuffing to sausage stuffing to mushroom stuffing. To bread, cornbread Someone must have stuffing. tossed out bacon stuffing, right? Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This is just a continuation of the legendary soda versus pop argument. Right, exactly. This is Coke, by the way. The right. Oh, it's all Coke. Coke. That's right. It's all Coke. And, well, in my family, that fight is a pumpkin pie versus a squash pie. And the reason this happens is because apparently everyone in the damn family likes squash pies better than me. I want a pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. I don't think that's too much to ask. Now, these are all fresh, keep in mind, from my, you know, my grandmother's friends and their garden. She gets these. They make them fresh. And they will tell you, but a squash pie is so much better. No, it's not. That's just not true. It, pumpkin pie is better. But every year we have to have this argument. So finally it got to the point where my grandmother ended up making like a squash pie and then I would get my own pumpkin pie. Uh, Mickey, where, where, where you guys are in that central Pennsylvania area, do these Starbucks offer squash spice lattes? <laughs> um, the nearest I, I don't Starbucks really is – again, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of like where the nearest Starbucks would be from what you're oh, saying. Now you're making it up. I know you say that this is a really tiny town and all that stuff, but we know last census confirmed it. There's a Starbucks in every community in America. Yeah. They are open. I'm the- thinking the closest Starbucks is going to be about 30 minutes away. <laughs> they have just announced new plans up in you know HQ in Seattle. They're going to be opening up a new Starbucks inside of Starbucks. That's how much they're expanding. Well, it's getting to the point now where my hometown is like a suburb of State College, which is where Penn State is. 
Mm, okay. So we may never get anything ever again. Um, or we'll turn into like a full blown suburb if it continues to grow. <laughs> People will be protesting that the, uh, uh, the the mermaid is cultural appropriation from aquatic Americans or something like that. So, yes, uh, you can't have a Starbucks there. You know, and and the thing about it is too, it's nice for me. I don't get home very often. Um, I like to go home. One of the things I'm definitely looking forward to is you always get the opportunity to run into people like you haven't seen in a million years. Um, because living in a small town, you can pretty much say on Facebook like, "Hey, I'm going out tonight," and people are like, "Hey, where are you going? Well, see me too there." Because you're in such a small area. And so... If you say it out loud, they can hear you, too. That's how small it is. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, And so, you know, I'll probably have the opportunity to see people I haven't seen in a while. And I certainly see family that I don't get to see very often. So I'm certainly looking forward to that. And one of the traditions that we have is that we all have to go around and say something that we're thankful for. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, go around the table. And it's always interesting to me what people say, um, especially some of the cousins who are just kind of like, please, can we just get through this? The chemtrails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and some of the others who are like, you know, the game's the about to start. Yeah. You know, and, I'm, and I, I've been guilty of that on some years, you know, where you're standing. And I was like, what are you thankful for this year? And you're like thinking, like, really, it's been kind of a crap year. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm just thankful that I'm here. Yay. I'm, I'm thankful I only have to think I, – I, actually, be, in that circumstance, go first before somebody else takes your answer. That's yes. Always try to go early if you get stuck in that situation. Uh, and, uh, and, and in that spirit, um, what, what are you guys thankful for this year? I guess I should take my own advice and go first before Dave. Uh, before <laughs> yep, Dave takes because Dave's going to well, get a better answer. Besides being thankful for my co-host and our producer who do excellent work all year long, um, look, this, this has been a exciting year on my end, but also one with some, uh, uh, challenges for the family. And, uh, I, I just, we're at a moment where we just feel very happy to all have each other. Um, and so, you know, there was a, a point made on, on Twitter earlier today, which made a point in kind of in the context of the arguing with your relatives about politics. Uh, we, we, last episode, we talked about how bad the news is, ominous terror threats, things like that, talk of war. Um, I don't want to go into World War III arguing with my family. Right. <laughs> so I tell, tell them that I love them. I'm glad I have them and uh, that the time we spend together is precious. So that's my, that's my happy talk for Thanksgiving. Oh, listen to you. Jim Garrity has a heart, everyone. And he stole all my great ideas to make people love me. <laughs> that's why you go first, Dave. I got <laughs> nothing right. left. No, yes. I'm, I'm happy to produce this brilliant and entertaining and funny show with these two future stars. Well, arguably, Jim's already a star in the literary and uh, punditry fields. But one day he'll be a radio star, too. And I will be the guy that Mickey and Jim abandon instantly as soon as a network tells them they want their own producer. <laughs> but I am, I am grateful to have you guys, and I always sit here and grin and chuckle and have fun and and enjoy producing your program, and I hope you like the little fun twists and turns I put in after you guys are off the line. People don't understand. Like when, when we tape live, it's actually just us shrieking for two hours. <laughs> and Dave takes it all it and somehow sense. re-edits it so that we make sense. So uh, we're, we're this, the show, the talent of the show is actually two howler monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm that good an editor, but some days you may be pretty close. Dave, I, I really appreciate your kind words predicting that someday we'll be radio stars and then video will come and kill us. No That's doubt. Nice. I was there in the 80s when MTV played that song scene. 
Um, it helps to be old. It, it does help. I got the old. joke. I, I, I am thankful for you two. Um, I, I'm not going to do as much ass kissing as you did because you took <laughs> up a lot of time. But I'm thankful for both of you. As you know, I love you both dearly. I'm thankful for our listeners um, who have shown us incredible support this year. Um, and we continue to grow in numbers every single week. Um, it, it just it blows my mind. Um, I'm thankful for everything that we've had happen this year with and certainly within the TJMs family with awards and opportunities and certainly looking forward to everything coming forth. And I'm thankful that I'm going to have the opportunity to spend some time with my family. Uh, something that I don't get to do very often and I realize um, you know as you get older, that that's something that you, you tend to appreciate a little bit more. And uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, say a couple more thank yous and, uh, and give you a little bit more information before we head off for the holidays. I'm Mickey White. He's Jim Garrity. We'll be right back. The time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Player. Player. Balls of Fury. Oh, I got you. Uh-huh. Uh, you thought I didn't see you now, didn't you? Uh-huh. Uh, you tried to sneak by me now, didn't you? <laughs> Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White. And we're nearly at the end of his show. We just finished talking about perhaps one of the most uh, peaceful, calming, heartwarming, and, and grateful holidays of the year, Thanksgiving. And now it's time to turn to the crass materialism and combative shopping that is Black Friday right afterwards. So, uh, so <laughs> uh, besides the, uh, letting everyone know that uh, heavy lifting is available on Amazon and uh, you can get early delivery by Christmas and uh, uh, you don't even have to go to the bookstore and look for it on the bookshelves. Um, what else do people have in mind uh, as they head into Black, Black Friday sales? Um, I Other than have, wear body armor. Well, right. I, I have never been a Black Friday shopper. Um, I was once a Black Friday shopper by proxy. I paid somebody to, who was going to stand in line anyway to buy Jobs something for Americans me. Jobs just won't do anymore. Yes. <laughs> I, I do like to shop online. Uh, Santa Amazon is my favorite. Um, and, and the idea, you know, I don't like large crowds of people. I, I'm, the idea of like stampling over someone so you get the, you know, the crock pot for four ninety nine. <laughs> it, I just I, I don't know it, it's just never really been my style so uh, I really won't be participating although I do have some in-laws that start shopping on Thursday on Thanksgiving which blows my mind you know I remember I guess it was uh, Black Friday 86 I was beating <laughs> someone over the head with a dust buster and I dude I remember horror stories of when I was younger um, getting like a cabbage patch kit and, yeah, like, and those and how many people were like, killed and they, to get that cabbage. <laughs> right. Like, like, who did you have to kill or, you know, something else? That's to... something the media covers up, man. All the debts on Black Friday. They should yeah, make stories. I still hear the cries in my sleep from the Cabbage Patch riots of 86. Right. And, and, and again, we're talking about toys that will be available in January if need be. Um, and I get the idea of wanting to give your kid like the hottest, newest thing. Um, and I have no problem with capitalism and people going after the great deals that are available. Um, but when you start to look like you're running the bulls in Madrid. <laughs> Pamplona, but yes, exactly. Yes, yeah, it, you, know, it, the- it, 
this is a the problem. Running of the shoppers. Yeah, I mean, it literally when they were showing footage to people. Um, there's a commercial out right now encouraging people to do some online Friday shopping, and they're showing people footage of last year's Black Friday inside a big box store of some kind and people were like where is this riot happening what is what is this and they were like oh yeah this is black friday last year i will turn your attention to uh the onion back from uh november 26 2012 42 million dead and bloodiest black friday weekend on record (laughs) first responders reporting from retail sales all across Nation said the record-setting of shopping spree carnage began as early as midnight on Friday, <laughs> when 13 million shoppers were reportedly trampled, pummeled, burned, stabbed, shot, lanced, and brutally beaten to death with discount items while attempting to participate in the early holiday season. ISIS hangs up the AK-47s and says, "Our work is done." Yes, exactly. <laughs> we have covered it all. Well, I cannot National wait. Guard deployed to Coles and Macy's. <laughs> well, I want to wish you guys a very happy Thanksgiving and a happy Thanksgiving to our listeners. And uh, I also want to wish everyone the best of luck in happy hunting if you are going to be working uh, and going out on Black Friday. Uh, I, I am a big Cyber Monday girl myself. Is it Small Business Tuesday? <laughs> and then there's like Remainder Bin Wednesday. Oh, God. It's <laughs> like Small each Business day of the week Saturday. So there's Black Friday, Friday, Small Business Saturday, and then Cyber Monday. But a lot of the deals were starting way prior to Black Friday. And like I said, now you've got stores open on Thanksgiving. As a traditional American male, my Black Friday is 24 hours before December 25th. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and there have been studies that have shown you can actually find much better deals as you get closer to the holidays versus the deals that they offer on Black Friday. Yeah, that's why I do it, because I'm being prudent. No, it's because I go. ran out of time and forgot. Make your procrastination work for you, America. <laughs> there you go. Except Every guy who listens is like, right now is going, see, I was right. I was right all along. I knew that was the time to go shopping. I was brilliant, I tell you, brilliant. Way before my time. (laughs) And, uh, oh, my God. And once again, speaking of time, our time is up here. Kind of hard to believe how fast these hours do go. I do want to wish you all again a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoy your time uh, with your family and friends. Wish you safe travels. And uh, I'm Mickey White. He's Jim Garrity. We've got Big Dave P behind the board. Uh-huh. And uh, and you're listening to the Jim and Mickey Show. We'll be right back here next week. You can always catch us at SoundCloud.com forward slash Jim and Mickey Show or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Jim and Mickey Show. Look forward to hearing from you. We're embracing the culture one show at a time.